as I start to get closer and closer, everybody, to episode number 200, you got to bring back the OGs. You got to bring back the guys who helped you get there. This is 193. We're going to get there sooner than later. And like I said, too, you know, the show never stops. We got Sunday Night Football going on right now. And back for the first time in a long time, we're going to do a little bit of team therapy with him. We're going to talk a little bit of football, a little bit of everything here and there. You can see him on YouTube. And also, folks, for those of you wondering about episode number 192 with Jared Silverclight, that episode had some processing issues, so it should be up probably by the time this one's done and this one's uploaded as well. But Matt Beast is back. Matt, that's who Matt, Matt uh, 1419. The guy's got a lot of names. He's here. He's got his Florida Lee hat on. So what's up? um well i got my dog here for emotional support considering uh how things have gone as a a saints fan this season um it's definitely been an interesting one um to say the least kind of sad kind of depressing if uh if i drank i would drink but i don't really drink anymore so it is what it is You, you just gotta you just gotta take it in stride yeah, it, it, I, I understand the whole taking in stride thing just because, look, when there's tough losses and then there's games you could win, but then you shoot yourselves in the foot to make a win turn into a loss, like the true definition of the witching hour, it, 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 it's not a fun feeling. That's that's just the thing. But you know what? That's why we're here. We're here to talk. We're here to get your minds right because this was just another goofy, goofy NFL Sunday we had today. Yeah, and it's definitely a weird season. It is a weird season. I mean – uh just speaking on your own division, you got the Bills in third place right now, I believe, um, which is crazy to think about. Yeah, the most wild division this year. Everyone thought it was going to be the AFC West. No, it's the AFC East. You've got seven and three. You've got six and three. Like, yeah, six and three. Or, yeah, six and three um, Jets. You got the six and three Bills, and you have the five and four New England Patriots. We're in last place right now, but you know what? We're right in the thick of things. So, that's the thing. It's like the thing I've been wishing for ever since Tom Brady left was like a lot of parody in the division and a lot of just overall, you know, excitement. But, you know, for the most part, it's pretty much open season across the league. Like there's a few teams you can like pinpoint to and be like, yeah, I believe in them or I have faith in them. But there's a lot of teams we look at and you're just like, I don't know what's going to happen this year. Yeah, that is uh, definitely true. I can definitely uh, agree with that right there. Yeah. And then even. It's just football as a whole this year is where I know we were talking a bit about before. You haven't been able to follow college as much. But even college, this could be the first time, I think, that neither Bama or Clemson are in the college football playoff since its inception, which is wild to think about. But probably will stop after the 12-team playoff gets introduced. But just it's a good time to be a football fan right now. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, I mean, uh, with Bama, I mean, they've just uh, – I mean, it's – you come to expect it out of Bama every year for them to just automatically be in those top four teams, one of those positions, of course. Um, they'd be in one of those spots, but it just hasn't worked out for them um, this year. And, um, I mean, that kind of goes to show you how high of a regard we hold Nick Saban and his teams. I mean, that's just how good they've been. And seeing them lose more than one game in the regular season, it's just mind-blowing at this point. Um They've been so good for so long that just seeing them lose multiple games, it just seems like, I mean, it is an anomaly, but it also seems like an anomaly. But, I mean, shit happens. It does happen. My whole thing with that is I don't think it's so much that they're losing their touch. I think it's just the rest of the conference is caught up. Like, Tennessee's now a good team. LSU is back. They're not 2019 back, but they're back. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Texas A&M is a whole other story. They've just been severely disappointing. Your Hogs are they're they're staying afloat. They're not a they're not an easy out. They're a team that's going to come play every single week. Um, and then obviously Auburn, I think, will come up. And then Georgia seems to be the new power. And the only other school I really want to comment on because I know is just like Vandy's Vandy, and <laughs> uh, South Carolina is just kind of there. They're not really anything. That's the SEC in a nutshell. And then Florida's kind of a wonky school. Yeah, that's, that's very true. Um, but like, like you had mentioned, I hadn't really kept up too much with it. I kind of check in on the Razorbacks. That's about it. But, uh, but yeah, it's been a, uh, interesting one as far as that goes, uh, a lot more, um, a lot more players in the game than it usually is. Exactly. And the only other thing I'll say before we go back to the NFL is I feel like with the top four rankings, when Michigan loses to Ohio State, and I'm only saying that just because I feel like Ohio State's a good team this year, they're going to get knocked out and they're just going to bump two SEC teams in because I feel like the committee, no matter what, wants two SEC teams in the playoff. Yeah. Um, it, it'll most likely happen no matter what, like you said. Um, I'm, I'm sure they'll figure out a way to make it happen. It'll probably end up being, of course, Georgia and probably Tennessee somehow, but we'll see how it uh, how it all uh pans out here towards the uh towards the end of the season i would say oregon but shout out to edge the best um his huskies got a huge win last night so i think that knocks oregon out of the they'll, they'll probably win the pac-12 but they're not gonna they're not in the playoff um but anyway so nfl with the saints um is this a one and done like what where do you guys go from like where, not where do you guys go from here but like if you're already looking ahead this year's kind of like a not a wash, but it's kind of like you're three and seven at this point. You effectively got to run the table to win and get in. But how do you see this team looking in the next three, like in a three to five year window? Like, like do you think it's full, strip it down and burn it down, or do you think it's kind of you know what, make some minor tweaks here and there and hope for the best? Hmm. Three to five year window is pretty interesting. Um, next season um, is pretty much going to be the do or die. The, the deciding factor. Um, but I've seen some people comment on this, but I think this particular version of the saints that started back in 2018, when the defense started coming back up and we didn't go seven and nine multiple, t- multiple years in a row. Finally, we were making the playoffs year over year for that three, four year window. We were the most winning team in the regular season. We won the most games, um, multiple th- 13 and three seasons. But I think, uh, this ver- that version of the Saints, I think they've kind of capped out. And uh, going into the season, they tried to keep that continuity together. Sean Payton left. He's and such a testament to that guy. He got that team to seven and nine when the offense looks so much even worse than it is now, and the offense is bad now. And uh, it was much worse, uh, much worse off last season even. Um, but um, props to him for getting that team even seven and nine. Um, but Right now, there's so many injuries too. Um, you got to factor that into it. So, I know Dennis Allen's going to stick around. I know some Saints fans want him gone. Um, the reality of it is, he's not going to leave unless something drastic happens. Like they lose out the rest of the season, and then he loses the locker room. That's yeah. about the only way he gets fired. So he's gonna. He's probably going to come back for year two. Um, I think he's uh, kind of earned that respect with the organization to get that year too, which I mean, Gail Benson, um, if you look at the Pelicans, she isn't really afraid to fire people after one year. Um, 
I, I can't really like Van Gundy. I think he was gone after one year, but um, I can't really comment on the other coaches. But um, there's been a history of her firing people after year one, but I don't think Dennis Allen's going to be that kind of guy just from the history that he has with the organization. Um, might he make a change at offensive coordinator? That would probably be the go to because when Sean Payton was around, it was kind of a carousel there at defensive coordinator. We just go around different different um, people. I mean, we had Greg Williams for a while, then he had his catastrophe. Um, had Steve Spagnola for a while. That worked out awful. Rob Ryan was good for a year or two and then fell off the deep end, and then we eventually went back to Dennis Allen, and the defense has been pretty good ever since. Um, but um, just the history there, I think he's earned getting a second shot. Um but if it goes south next season, and let's say we're at this point of the season and he's won three games, and let's say the roster stays relatively healthy, um, he might be out the door by then. Um, yep. But they might ride it out, let it go into year into uh, uh, past the full 17-game slate of year two before they decide what to do with him. But um, that's, he, he'll, be, he'll be on the seat to – to look at um next season if things keep going south this season which i think they will but um it'll definitely warm up next season i think it's one of those things yeah where he can have his job security through next year but the next year it's one of those things where entering the season when we do our preview show because guys you know matt's been on for the nfc show all three years of it um it's gonna be like at the top of the list like it's gonna it's borderline cliff kingsbury territory right now where you know where it's this has got to be the year. You got to be the yeah. year. I still think next year it's going to be him and Dan Campbell up there. I only say that because next year I think is the year you have to see the Lions finally have a spark. Um, mm-hmm. But with the Saints, I do agree with you. I think Pete Carmichael's not the answer. I think if they go out there, we just change the offense up. Um, the quarterback thing's a little weird. I think if anything, try to get a guy maybe in the later rounds and ride out with Jameis for another year because I just think look, the Andy Dalton thing's clearly not working out. He just makes some. Weird decisions. I know you guys are hurt right now, but at the same time, too, it's just like, okay, what's going on here? And then we'll see what happens with the cap situation. But at the end of the day, I think eventually someone's got to pay the bill, and that's where it might might not work out in the favor of the Saints with uh, Mickey Loomis. Then again, we could be here in four months, and I'm completely wrong, like we always are. I feel like everyone's like saying, how are the Saints going to do it? How are they going to do it? And then they just find a way to do it. And then next year, too, is interesting because we don't know what exactly Atlanta and Carolina are going to be. And same with Tampa. Like, we don't know if Tom's coming back. For all we know, I think I still say it. I still think this is his swan song season. So we'll have to wait and see what happens there. Yeah, um, there's definitely a lot to think about with what Tom has going on. Um, And I know all the uh, news outlets have been talking about it lately with – Tom Brady and the Bucks path to the Super Bowl this season because I mean they play in a mega week division this season. I yep. mean the Panthers are terrible. They've pretty much punted the season. They traded McCaffrey. I'm, I'm surprised they're keeping around DJ Moore. Didn't even trade him. Um, I guess you got to keep something. <laughs> yeah. Um, for people to come to the games, but um, the Falcons are the Falcons. They're trash. Um, and then the Saints. They're just. They're a debacle right now. So, I mean, the Bucks they're playing in an awful division. Um, and then the um, conference as a whole, it's weird. I mean, you could see a scenario where he plays, like, 
Geno Smith and Jimmy G in the playoffs. I mean, that's that's what everyone's been talking about is his path to getting another Super Bowl ring. And I mean, it's out there for the taking. I mean, the Bucks they look pretty good today. Um, I'm gonna give it to them. Their uh, running game looked pretty good for the first time this season. They're actually able to run the rock a little bit. Um, so yeah, the Bucks uh, they might have it going on. And like you said, Tom Brady, this could be his one on season. And um, as far as uh, any more comment on the uh, on the Saints, I also do want to see uh, what Michael Thomas does next season. Um, we don't have our first round pick, which is depressing, but that might work out because uh, let's say Michael Thomas just can't play. He can't go anymore. We went and traded that first round pick to the Eagles. That way we could get Chris Olave, who he's been the shining spot on this season, aside from Pete Werner, who got hurt, which, man, it's just it's just rough. But, yeah, it just is what it is. Yeah, like, I, I, I understand all that. I get all that. Um with the Bucs, and I'm going to go on a side note right here, the crowd today in Germany was really, really into the game. They really loved it. The West, It was just funny, though, and painful because the Geno Smith, West Virginia, take me home country road singing as they're all singing it, and that's like West Virginia's victory song. So the fact that they were kind of using that against them was kind of funny. But um, props to the people in Munich. They put on a really good show. I think the NFL, I think the NFL goes there yearly now. I think you get the Mexico game, which is next Monday night, you get three games in London, and then you get the game in Munich. So you have your boat of international games. And, yeah, so I just wanted to go inside, pivot on that. But no more 9.30 a.m. kickoffs for the rest of the season. But as it goes for the Saints, I think this year's about, you know what, finish off strong, try to get, I'd say, what would you like to see at this point to be satisfied? Like somewhere in the six to seven win range? Or would you want to try to kind of – uh, like where is that more ideal right, right now to go with like six and 11 or seven and 10, or would you want to try to, you know, eke, eke out a little bit better? Maybe you guys run the table, go eight and go, go to eight and nine, something like that. Um, looking at the schedule we have laid out so far, um, we have the Rams, which we're going to lose that one. The 49ers will lose that one. The Buccaneers, then the Falcons. We could win one of those two games. I really want to beat the Falcons because of the Falcons. Um, yep. And then we have the Browns. Deshaun Watson will be back by the end. Um, let's let's try and beat Deshaun Watson just to beat Deshaun Watson. On Christmas and Eve. Then, yeah, on Christmas Eve. And then New Year's Day, we play the Eagles. Um, and maybe the Eagles are resting their starters by that point. So maybe <laughs> we somehow get a win. But they might be trying to play their people so that way they get a better draft pick out of us. Um, but I think when it comes down to it, let's say the Eagles have the first seed in the NFC clinched up by the end. Um, I don't see them toying around and playing their people for a draft pick at that point. But let's say if they don't have the first seed uh, locked up, then they'll definitely be playing for the first seed and to get a better draft pick out of us. But um, pretty much just what I want to see is I want to see the young players playing well. Um, Alante Taylor's getting a lot of playing time right now with Marshawn Lattimore hurt. I want to see him continue to play well as he could be a good defensive corner for us, uh, going forward. I want to see Olave continue to build upon that. Um, I would like it if Trevor Penning could somehow get on the field and get some snaps and get him playing so that way he could get some on-field experience. Um, that's just kind of what I'm looking for at this point. And, um, maybe get Jameis out there because I mean, look, 
out of all those quarterbacks, they're, none of them are going to be the, the option. Um, like you said, alluded to maybe um, drafting a quarterback in the later rounds. Um, personally, what I would like to see is, let's say, the Chargers. Let's say they barely missed the playoffs somehow like they did last season. And they decided to fire their head coach. Um, and look, Sean Payton, he's available. Trade him to the Chargers. Give us their first round pick, which would end up being like in that mid first round range if they just barely miss playoffs. I'd be down for that, but uh, that, that's kind of what I'm looking for out of the Saints right now. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I get that. I get that. I still feel like there's a world where Peyton ends up with the Arizona Cardinals, just because I think that if yeah. the Cardinals don't make the playoffs, I think Cliff's gone. Um, for the most part, I think it's just one of those things. Just you know what, hold your breath, embrace it for what it is, enjoy the rest of the season. Because I, I, I have a love hate relationship when people say like, "Oh, a Thursday night game is going to suck." Like, yeah, they have sucked, but at the same time, too. In the winter time, we're gonna be begging for those. Like, we're gonna miss those. We're gonna be like, we want football, but you don't have it. There is the XFL and the USFL, sure, but it's not the same thing. So mm-hmm. with the so with those games, that's why I kind of say shut up. I watch them and I enjoy them, even though I'm kind of being a hypocrite because this Thursday I might be missing the game if I end up going to see Black Panther. That's another story for another day. Um, but all in all, this year with the NFL, it's just one of those things where it's been it's been a fun season. It's been good. There's been nothing wrong with it. And then today, like hell, like look at games like today. You had the Green Bay Dallas like insane game. You had the I don't want to call it the game of the year just yet because like obviously there's still more to go. But like Buffalo Minnesota put on one hell of a show. Um, and then like I was saying before, there's been teams that have been exciting and there's teams that have been disappointing. But from your perspective, outsider. Non, I don't, don't want you to say the Saints just because like it's a team you could say. Who are teams that you've seen this year so far that have either impressed you or disappointed you? Uh, well, as far as impressive going, um, I'd like to mention the Vikings because I did have that Vikings-Bills game on. Um, they've definitely impressed. Um, the past two weeks, the Bills have kind of unimpressed. Um because I, I do, I do, I do kind of hold the Bills in kind of a high regard. Um, and then, of course, granted, looking at their schedule and looking at the people they played, but still, just going out there and getting wins on wins on wins. The Eagles. Um, I know going into the season, everyone was talking up the Eagles, uh, including myself, I believe. Um, and I mean, pr- predicting someone to do good and actually seeing them put results on the field, you still have to respect that. Um, of course, they set themselves up to where they had a uh, good situation going. Um, goes without saying, I, the Seahawks are definitely an impressive one. Um, and then two other people who have not really impressed as much are the Broncos and the Raiders. Those two teams have not done good at all. And I, I, I myself, I think on our previous show, I held the Raiders pretty high because going off last season, everything they went through last season, and they still made the playoffs, and they still did so good. And then they just reloaded and got ready, and um, it just didn't – it just hasn't panned out this season so far for them. And, I mean, I saw my Saints destroy them. And I feel so down on my Saints right now that if your team lost that badly to the Saints, then I don't know what to say. Yeah, I, I don't say the Raiders because I always said that they w- were going to be like an 8-9 and nine or 9-8 nine and eight team. I didn't think they'd be 2-7 and seven at this point. I think it's just one of those things where, you know, it's they've been disappointing. Like, I think, too, 
like for them as well, they're not going to get out of that Derek Carr situation exactly easily. He's got a lot of contract. He's got a lot of dead cap. It's going to be tough sledding. I'll say Denver because Denver's that team everyone was hyping up. You know, like, like so many primetime games, so many this and that, so much just hype around them. And what do you do? Nothing. You come up flat. So I say Denver's a disappointment. Mm-hmm. Um, I also say the Rams as well. I think there's a Super Bowl hangover there that's not going to be talked about enough because to go from winning the Super Bowl to three and six is pretty inexcusable. Um, I will say this. I don't think if, if Matt Stafford doesn't start for them next week, I think you guys win. I think that's a game you guys kind of find and go on. Also do the dome advantage is something that's very, very, very still holds high regard. Um, and as for impressed, like, like you said, I, I am impressed by Seattle um, I'm impressed with the Dallas Cowboys, actually. Even though they lost today, they've been really good. Uh, the New York Giants as well. I did not picture seven and two. Like, my ceiling for the Giants this year was seven wins. I thought this year was going to be, you know what, hey, we're going to figure it out, steal a few games we're not supposed to win, and then we'll go from there. Uh, the other New York team, I want to say I'm impressed by, but I'm still not totally sold on them because, um, well, for lack of a better term, they got a game coming up on Sunday in Foxborough against the Patriots. They can come into Foxborough and beat the Patriots. I think it's one of those things where, you know, they're – it's like all their demons are lifted because there's that long losing streak against the Pats. They haven't beaten them since 2015. I don't even remember the last time they beat them in Foxborough was. So there's that. And the other team I'll say for disappointing as well is Pittsburgh just because Pittsburgh teams are usually better than this. They're not usually like – I know they beat you guys today and they're 3-6. and six. Mike Tomlin always has them like around 500 ball, even in the bad years of like the Ben Roethlisberger era towards the end. Yeah, the Patriots, uh, that game, it was kind of a snooze fest, not going to lie to you. Um, Najee Harris, he's definitely not been as good this season. Um, granted, their of- their offensive line isn't that great. Um, this is pretty much just a season for them to see what they got in their offense with Kenny Pickett. I mean, George Pickens has definitely uh, shown through and done some good things. Um, but I guess next season you want to see them build on that offense, and it's probably going to be one of their worst seasons under Mike Tomlin by far. Um by seeing how things have gone. And granted, like you said, they did beat us. Their defense still plays well. Their defense did good today. Um, granted, it wasn't the best test against a uh, pretty med- mediocre offense. But, um, but yeah, um, I-, I definitely agree with you on most of, the- most of those ones you said because I feel like this season there's definitely a couple more teams that you definitely wouldn't have expected to do good. Like I- I- the Giants completely – were flat out of my mind until you mentioned them. Like that, that's definitely a team I wouldn't have seen being that good. Um, and seeing uh, their division even be uh, pretty competitive, which is uh, interesting. Yeah, that's the thing too. Like the AFC, like the AFC East, like even Miami. I didn't think Miami was going to be as good as they were. I thought Miami was like a ten and seven team this year. I didn't think they'd be seven and three out the gate. But you know what? They're playing good ball and they're beat. They're beating down on the teams they should be down on. That's the thing with them. Um, and I'll say with New England too, New England football, it's like Big Ten football. It's not exactly pretty to watch, but it'll get the job done. And they've done that in out of their five wins. I can already name the three games. Like, look, there's the Pittsburgh game that was slow. There was the – I don't comment on the Detroit game for obvious reasons because I've shown this numerous times, but like I said, I got to go there. I was there. Um, that was a great game to be at live. And then the games against uh, the Jets a couple weeks ago and then this Colts game last week. But you know what? They got the job done and to be five. And from my perspective, I want you to hear how I feel. 
being five and four and you're in the hunt at this time of the year is where you want your team to be if you're not in that elite contender status where you're not, you know, in that that Buffalo, Kansas City talk. I only say those two teams because going into the year, I don't think anyone was labeling Philadelphia or Minnesota as like true Super Bowl contenders. Those were the two teams that you saw and you said those should be the Super Bowl contenders. Now I'll say this about Buffalo. I'm still not sold on Super Bowl because look, when you find ways to shoot yourselves in the foot late, like that's that bobbled snap with the seven seconds left. You got to win those games. You got to win those games. And another concerning stat I saw since beating Kansas City, they have not scored a second half touchdown in three straight games now. That is something to be very, very worried about. I know you can win close games. But you gotta be able to make plays when it happens. Making plays in the first and second quarter, yeah, it'll get the job done against bad teams. Against good teams, you're not gonna be able to lock it down like that. So that's why I'm saying for Buffalo. That's my other thing too with them. Either this is the adversity that I've always talked about. Like I've said this, I think to you, even you, that a lot of teams who want to win the Super Bowl, who who do face some sort of adversity, but never to this degree where you're making mistakes and cost yourself games. This is either going to be for them just a chapter in the Super Bowl DVD or it's just the ever unraveling of an even bigger problem that we haven't fully paid attention to yet. Yeah, I think all in all, I think they will um, get it figured out. I need yeah. to pull up the rest of their we'll see who they're playing the rest of the way. Um, I think they have Cleveland next week. That that'll probably end up being a get right game for them. And then they play the Lions and they play you guys. So they have Cleveland and the Lions. So um if they lose one of those games, then I will look at uh concerning factors there. Um but those two games should be get right games before they play uh you guys and the Jets, because those you guys, Jets and the Dolphins. That's gonna be a huge three game stretch in y'all's division. Um trying to figure out who actually wins and comes out of that division in first place. So that's going to be very interesting. So they need to get these uh, get-right games under the belt. Um, looks like they're playing the Lions on Thanksgiving, I believe. Yes, they are. Um, so um, that'll be a good one to watch. Um, I'm sure that'll be the – yeah, that'll be the first game on. So I'll definitely be tuning into that one just to uh, see if they can get things together. You'll be, you'll be, I have to say this about Thanksgiving. You'll tune into that game. You'll eat dinner during the game because for some reason dinner on Thanksgiving is at three o'clock in the afternoon. And then the food coma comes, the food coma comes, and that's when you watch Dallas play New York. And then the Patriots Vikings game is for those that are, when you're watching and you probably have an uncle passed out in a big chair on the side of the thing <laughs> snoring. Um, that's just what Thanksgiving stereotypes come to my mind. Um, my thing for them is, is if they can beat Cleveland and Detroit. But if they make mental mistakes and they keep it close games, especially against teams like that, because like we saw what Miami did to Cleveland today, and we saw we've seen Detroit at their very worst. If those are close games where Buffalo's winning by the skin of their teeth, then I'm going to start to get concerned. But if they go out there and they dog walk the two of them, I'm going to say, okay, they're back and fine before they come to Foxborough and lose on December 1st. I'm only saying <laughs> that because it's a revenge game for us. It's a petty revenge game for the fans, and I'm sure the players have it in mind too. After because that'll be the first time since last year's playoff ass whipping that occurred. Yeah, that that is uh, definitely a uh, game the Patriots are going to want to get up for. Yeah, and also too, they'll be wearing the throwbacks once again as I point to my throwback towel. So that's what I'm saying as well that they're not going to come into our building and beat us on throwback night. No, sir, Bob. Um, 
when I look at other teams, though, like I look at Kansas City, I'm just like, I love how everyone's so concerned about like, oh, they don't have Tyreek Hill, and they everyone kind of forgot. Like, do you not remember who their quarterback is? Like, he's still a freak of nature, regardless of who he's throwing to, and he's proved that time and time again this season. Yeah, and uh, this is another kind of narrative with how this season is going. Granted, I know he played better today. Um, you see how Aaron Rodgers has kind of been um, early this season. And, I mean, Father Tom catches up to everybody. Yeah. But Patrick Mahomes is in that era of his career where he hasn't even, honestly, probably even reached his peak of what he can do. But he's still just so good, and he's at that point of his career where you can give him whatever weapons, as long as you give him at least just one really solid guy, which he has that in Travis Kelsey. Um, he can make players. And you see the great quarterbacks do this. You've seen Tom Brady do it. You've seen Aaron Rodgers do it. You've seen Drew Brees do it. You've seen all these elite-tier great quarterbacks make these uh, make some, make uh, these wide receivers that normally people wouldn't hold in the high regards make them produce at a higher rate that they normally should. And that's definitely something that Patrick Mahomes can get out of it. I mean, the guy's just a freak of nature. The, uh, the way he plays, the throws he can make, his athleticism, he's just on a whole nother level. And then, of course, pair that with Andy Reid. As long as he's the head coach, that's just going to be a dynamic duo there. And I'm sure he's going to stay there for as long as he can, uh, as long as he can tolerate it, tolerate being out there. Because, I mean, coaching into uh, – old age i'm sure it gets annoying because i'm sure nick saban i'm sure he's kind of feeling that this season yeah I, I i think the same thing too with saban where he's starting to feel it i also think with saban though i'm still compared because you obviously know the story about bear bryant right how he like retired and then like three weeks later he had a heart attack mm-hmm. we're just like yeah he's you're only went to coach like i'm not saying the same thing's gonna happen to saban it's just one of those things where i'm just like it's the Vinnie mac effect man like they just do not want to give it up they love doing it um the only other thing I'll say about Mahomes is just that they're my pick for the Super Bowl for a reason. It's like, you know, no one's talking about them all year long. Like tomorrow, I guarantee you, it's it, the, the game will headline for certain reasons, but you know, everyone's going to be on that. Oh, is Buffalo this? Is Buffalo truly a Super Bowl contender? And then they're going to come out next week and they can win by 30 against Cleveland. And then it's just like, oh, yeah, right. The, the Bills are the Bills, and we should not have uh, said anything silly about them. That's where that's just what I want to get at with that one. Um, the other big thing, too, that I want to talk to you about right now is just what's going on right now in the world of our fantasy league. That is right, folks. A little podcast league update as Matt this week is on pace to upset Andy McNamara in first place, Dog Pound North. Matt, all you need is you need Brandon Ayuk to get you some points tonight, Dallas Goddard to have a night tomorrow. And hopeful that Austin Eckler has a relatively quiet night as, oh, wow, Andy, that was bad. Dalton Schultz had 14 points, but he left 21 points from Cole Komet on the bench. Yikes. Yeah, it is kind of sketchy to play Cole Komet. I have him in my dynasty league, but uh, I have George Kittle as my starter. So, of course, I never play Cole Komet. So, I just want to see Cole Komet put up some points. And he's done that two weeks in a row now where he's seemed to be the – guy that Justin Fields, which I mean, Justin Fields, he's been looking good lately as another uh, thing. They still managed to lose today, which is the crazy thing. Um, but uh, Justin Fields has been looking good, but he seems to be going to Cole Komet in the end zone, so he's been a guy. But yeah, as far as your league goes, um, 
team hasn't really done too well, but uh, just trying to play uh, upset at this point, and hopefully we can uh, pull it off this week. Yeah, but I look at the standings, though, and the distance between fourth place and Bobby Gross all the way in the basement is literally three games. So it's literally if someone gets hot or someone gets cold, that's going to be the big difference between getting into the playoffs and not getting in the playoffs. Because right now it's only prime that Andy McNamara, Dog Pound North, and probably Chris Ramey, Jonathan Taylor, Thomas, Fangirl, are the two teams that are pretty much – I wouldn't say guaranteed, but more than likely will be in the playoffs because they're at six and three and eight and one. But besides that, you've got one, two, three, four teams at five and four, and then a few teams at three and six, which is both Lorenzo Brothers and yourself, and then Bobby at two and seven. Um, that's the goofy thing with fantasy football, where it's like, you know, you like this year I had it. I had a stretch in the league where I was seven and oh, I was on fire, I was looking good, and now I've lost a couple in a row. But this week, I'm going to check that league out right now. I think I'm starting to bounce back and play pretty okay because right now I'm on pace to, yeah, I should win as long as Eckler, Goddard, and the Philadelphia defense don't have psycho nights, even though I did start Chris Olave, who had five points. But I had Tony Pollard, Nick Chubb, and Gabe Davis all in respective spots to help win. So that's the thing with fantasy football. I feel like some people can overreact to it so much. But then, uh, what was I going to say? Just, you can't give up. You can't give up. Like me, it's like me with sports gambling. I, I don't give up. I had, a, I had a really good day at the books today, but I'm not letting that phase me. I have to continue to get better. <laughs> yeah, you just got to keep, uh, keep, keep, uh, keep going at it. Keep going at it no matter uh, what you're doing. I mean, uh, that's how – that's what I'm hoping for my uh, main league that I always look at, my dynasty league, because I got a bunch of older players that are pretty good right now, and I need them to step up. I even traded for Debo Samuel. I did a swap for – I traded Garrett Wilson for Debo Samuel straight up. So, uh, hoping he continues to be good. Yeah, that's the thing with fantasy football. Like, I've had friends uh, send me trades before, but I like have to. I want to see if I got to see if I can find some because I know there's been. Oh, um, no, that was me. But I know there's been some leagues before where there's just some goofy, goofy trades to go down, and it's just unbelievably bad how much advantage you can take of someone. I don't think I see it anywhere here, but I remember it's just like, you know, when you enter a new league and they try to finesse you because they want to test you to see like, Hey, do you really buy into fantasy football or are you really good football fan? And then eventually you realize these guys think I'm just fucking stupid and don't want to, (laughs) and don't trust me. Like, I know it's a bad, I know it's a blunt thing to say, but at the same time too, a lot of people, when you enter a new league, you get that where it's kind of like, Oh, hey, haha, I'm just going to do this for fun. But at the same time, too, it's just like, no, I'm actually pretty good at this. Don't send me garbage. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I definitely uh, feel you there. But because uh, <laughs> I definitely do some feelers in uh, some of my leagues on testing on how people value like their draft picks and dynasty leagues. Some, yeah. some people just throw them away like candy. And I'm just sitting here stacking them up all day. And when the draft comes around, I'm sitting here drafting a bunch of players. But um we reset the league lately because my draft picks were looking too crazy so <laughs> um which was sad i was, i kind of cried about that for a while i lost all my draft picks that i acquired but it is what it is but uh i, I definitely know uh, what you're talking about there yeah and that's a that's a great way to put it where it's just like you know what you can stock up your picks and go for next season that's why like i'm in one league where draft picks are involved and i don't want to like 
go away trading all like my top top picks. Like I'll trade like a fourth or a fifth round pick, but I don't like trading in my top three round picks because it's like, you know how they always say, I love how fantasy football draft strategies go from like, you got to play the waiver wire to win to no, 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 you guys got to draft well to win. But I'm like, no, you have to do a combination of both because you can get an A plus on draft night, be predicted to go like 13 and three. And then all of a sudden you snap your fingers and your team is two and seven. And you're looking at this like, why do I do this to myself every year? But at the same time too, it's all for fun. It's all for shit talk. Um, want to switch gears here. Obviously, like we said, we're at week 10 already, which I don't like to say, but it is a thing to say. If you still have to say a team that you trust, a team, actually, I was going to ask you like for a Super Bowl matchup, but who's a team that you think can get there that's not exactly being talked about enough? A team that could get there that is not being talked about enough. Um... That's a pretty good question right there. As far as the NFC goes, I really don't trust a whole bunch of these teams. I think, I mean, people talk about the Bucks just because of Tom Brady. So, and like I was just talking about earlier, he has a pretty simple path to getting there. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people are already talking about the Eagles enough. Um, so I guess if I had to stick with someone, I'd probably go with the Ravens just because they're a solid team. Lamar Jackson's been looking good. I know they did have the injury to Rashad Bateman, which kind of stinks for them. But, I mean, uh, they're a good football team. And as long as Lamar Jackson's on that field, they will uh, make strides. And I know the Bengals are kind of right on their heels right there at 5-4 and four themselves, which they, that could be another team that could be talked about in a good light because, I mean, uh, Jamar Chase is going to be coming back in a week or two or maybe a couple weeks here and uh, maybe they'll start hitting that stride mine is playing right now and I was on them last year and I'm still going to be on them and that's San Francisco I know that they're not exactly the most pretty team out there I know they got Christian McCaffrey recently but like when you look at them a lot of the times I think a lot of people think like you know what oh, it's just San Francisco, like Jimmy G this or Jimmy G that. But I look at it differently. I look at it in the sense of if he does just enough and plays average and that defense can carry them, they nearly did it last year. So what's stopping them from doing it again? Um, the only other thing I'll say is I like Philly. I just don't like how everyone goes and like makes excuses for teams. Like, you know, where it's like, oh, they're eight. No, but they beat X, Y, and Z only. Like they beat teams, all these are like the negatives. It's the same thing with Minnesota, but I'm not going to say the same with Minnesota because guess what you did today? You went into Buffalo. You beat the Bills. So Minnesota is a team you got to take seriously too. Um, I just think that Kirk Cousins in these next two games, he plays are 425 and 815. You go 0-2, there's going to be some concern because not all playoff games start at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm sorry, but it's just the truth. Um, and then... I'm still going to go with the Buccaneers because because I know they're 5-5. Five and five. I know from experience you don't count 12 out until he's out. You do not count him out. Because I, I, the one thing I'll say is, too, and you probably know this, look at the year he won with the Buccaneers. 11-5, and five, wild card. He was 7-5 and five at one point in the season, and then out of nowhere just gets hot. That's the thing. There's a difference between being hot all, all season long and getting hot at the right time. You start to get hot around Thanksgiving. That's when you should really be scared if, about a team if they start to get hot in a couple weeks from now. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's all about building momentum. And I know a lot of people talk about momentum as being um, 
kind of like a whatever kind of topic. But I mean, to me, it's a real thing because I mean, you start getting a routine, you start stacking wins, you get used to winning, and um, you just get in that routine of always winning and winning and winning and winning. And um, once you get used to it, you find ways to keep winning. And Tom Brady, of course, he's always won his entire career. Um, so, yeah. And like you said, in that 11 and 5 season, they definitely got hot towards the end there. Um, they, they win pretty games. No, not really in that playoff run. I remember that Saints game was yep. very ugly on both sides. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, all it matters is about is just stacking the W's. And um, at the end of the day, that's all you need to do. And George Kill just got a catch uh, going down the field. So shout out to him. But yeah, I mean, that's just uh, what you got to do. And I think the Bucks are definitely a contender for that. That's why I mentioned them earlier and mentioned how they uh, seem to be getting better, uh, at least with the Seattle game today. Um, they just got to get the run game going. And as long as they can continue to have the run game going, because if they continue to be so terrible at running the ball, like they have been they're they're, they're not going to go far. Um, yeah. it's, it's hard. It's hard to get far when you have just zero running game at all. Um, cause you definitely have to lean on that, especially with playoff football. Oh no, hundred percent. That's the thing. Like if, if they can get the running game going in Tampa, their defense can sharpen up. And if 12 can be 12, What's stopping them? It's like the same thing with San Francisco. San Francisco can get healthy if Jimmy G can stay consistent. It's like the same thing with Dallas, too. I think today was just, a, you know, Dallas did something stupid that cost them the game. Otherwise, they win that game. Um, I know you're happy with the George Kittle catch. I need Chargers plus seven and a half. Um, <laughs> but at the end of the day, we're here. We talk football. That's what we did today. It's just one of those things, you know, where – we keep doing this. We're going to have to have you back on. I know, folks, there's a lot of guests who have been trying to get back on, but life and work are getting in the ways because that's the one thing I wanted to tell you because remember the timing when I first started doing this. It was COVID. Mm-hmm. So it was easy to book everyone because no one's doing anything. Now everyone's, you know, back to work full time, like a sense of like in the office. Uh, people have stuff they want to do. So that's where I say right now is the ultimate test is the fact that I'm still grinding because you have to be consistent with podcasting and posting. Mm-hmm. Now that stuff gets in the way. Now that life's getting busy. So I always try to work around doing that. I know it's a bit of a side thing. I'm going off topic, but you get what I mean, where it's just one of those things where you have to look at it from a perspective of life isn't easy and you got to, you got to roll with the punches. Yeah. And I mean, that could be a good analogy towards um, these teams getting hot towards the end of the year. And um, you just got to stay consistent with it and keep going through the right motions. Because if you're a content creator, Consistency is key. That's what any uh, content creator coach will tell you. Um, you always just got to stay consistent. And that's definitely something whenever I make content, I'm terrible at being consistent because some weeks I'll have an easy week, like this coming week for work. It's going to be very easy. I don't have to drive near as much. But last week, um, I know we tried to get a podcast going on Tuesday. Yep. But I literally worked. I was at work for about 45 hours and then I drove 20 hours. So I, I, I technically worked like 65 hours last week. So I just recently got a promotion. It's been crazy. Um, but, um, but yeah, that's, it's all about consistency. Um, and like I said, that's a good analogy towards football. Um, you just got to go through the right motions. Sometimes things don't go well. Like for instance, let's say your video gets five views one day and then, Maybe maybe you get like the right thing in there. Let's say you get the right 
to make it a football analogy, let's say you run that one play that statistically should work and it hasn't worked the past two times, and then you run it the next time, and then boom, you get an 80-yard touchdown. And then in the content creator thing, you, boom, you make the right video, right time, right second, boom, a thousand views, or in, in some cases, even more. So it's uh, it's definitely a interesting analogy that I could uh, that you can make there. Yeah, exa- exactly. It's not about what you put out there. It's the fact that you're putting stuff out there, you're being consistent with your content, because it's like I said with this podcast, I always said, look, if it goes somewhere, it goes somewhere. Right now, like I like to always post this. That this podcast is a part of the Dean Blundell Podcast Family Network, and that's where we are. And there's some ad reads that are in there as well. I'm not just sponsored by them, but they're in there, like Uber and some other stuff. Um, but it's just one of those things where you know what? If you keep up with it, just keep hitting, keep knocking on the door because eventually you're going to break the door down. And it's like a lot of these teams too. Someone's going to knock the door down and someone's going to get to the top of the mountain in about 90 days. I don't like saying that because season's coming to an end, but you know what? It's the part of the season where we are, where you got to start thinking about these things of who are the teams that are going to truly pull away from the pack. Yep. That is true. And that's, it's the, it's the witching hour time of the year um, where these wins are starting to really matter. And I know some wins can matter early on in the season, but Especially now, towards the end of the season, they really start mattering. Uh, mattering. The, the, the wins at the beginning of the season, I think, only come back to bite you if you're a team that's in the hunt. Mm-hmm. Kind of like how a few weeks ago the Patriots lost that game to the Bears on Monday Night Football. If that's a game that makes us miss the playoffs, there's going to be a lot of fans are going to go back to a game like that and say, oh, if we had won that game, we could have got in. But football's a game of what-ifs, and it sucks, and it is what it is. Just got to roll the punches and move on to the next week. Yep, that is true, and that's uh, all I can do right now as a Saints fan is I'm taking the punches more than rolling with them. But uh, you know what? We stand up and keep keep going again, and there's always uh, – the sun always rises tomorrow. Exactly. That's exactly a great way to put it. The sun always rises tomorrow. I was going to call this episode The Return of Beast, but I'm going to put it into a new point and just say the sun rises tomorrow – because it's a great analogy and it's a great way to end this episode. But folks, it's been it for episode number 193 of YWC Football Talk. Matt, I'm sure we'll be back. There'll be other people back. Don't worry, guys. The guest list is it's it's growing and growing and growing. I got to start thinking of something to do for episode 200, but I'll have something special for you guys. It's going to hit before the end of the year as we move on to year three of YWC Football Talk and we move on towards the season. And remember, folks, the sun will come up tomorrow. Have a good night. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com. 
I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.